It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Life does not suck, but I, for one, am a sucker for those little quizzes on social media. You know the ones I mean. Take this quiz today. Only one in 10,000 Americans can pass the test. Oh my God, I mean, who can resist that? One in 10,000, I have a chance to be superior to 9,999 people? Must take test. Must take test. And they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even come close to sucking me in if they said two in 10,000, because I'm not going to share my crown with some some retired nuclear physicist from Winterset, Iowa. It's the one in 10,000 that just draws me. And now sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes these tests are really easy. They're just a, a ploy to get you in and then they flip all these advertisements in front of your eyes hoping it will hypnotize you. But sometimes they are actual quizzes conceived in the bowels of hell. And I'll get three or four questions in, and I'll realize that I'm way in over my head. <clears throat> and I'll clear my throat like, oh, that's right, I forgot I had to change the soap in the soap dishes today. So I will, I will quickly click out and pretend that I never even saw this monstrosity. Many times, many times these tests revolve around history. Now, there are those in our fair land who will tell you that Americans are just ignorant of history. It's a terrible thing, and the younger they are, the worse it is. You know, I'm not going to do that to you today. If you want to get that bad news, go elsewhere. But what I'm going to tell you is that history sometimes crosses me. There's me and there's history. There's me over here doing my things, planning my day, and then there's history, things that have already happened. And it doesn't cross my life that often. But sometimes history and me meet. And it becomes... Mystery, <laughs> which is not just a really horrible Spanish accent. It means me and story meeting together in a common theme here, a common need. Mystery, mystery is my responsibility to leave the world more enlightened than I found it. 
to, to do that, I must understand sometimes how I got, how we got, how you got to where this is. You know, one of the things most people know about history, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. It's, it's kind of funny, too, because he has such an old-fashioned name. Abraham. Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father Abraham. I was one of them, and so were you. Had such an old-fashioned name, but we remember Abraham Lincoln. And all, the reason we remember things is because something impacts us. Something that we know is important, even if we would like to pretend like it's not important. It's kind of like when a cop pulls up behind you with its red flashing lights. Immediately you have a sense, ah, my life is about to be changed. Things will be different in just a few moments. That's the way it is when you talk about Abraham Lincoln. Almost universally across the board, everybody has an awareness of Abraham Lincoln. Why? Because he wore a beard? <laughs> no. Because he told jokes? No. Because he once lived in Kentucky and now lives in Illinois, two different states? No. Because he was married to Mary Todd Lincoln? No. Because he split rails? No. Because he was honest? It was just a great campaign slogan. Honest Abe. The reason we remember Abraham Lincoln is because he did this one amazing thing called the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, just so you'll know, it's, it's, you'll, you'll understand what it was. It was an executive order. We talk about that so much in our society. That's an executive order. The president issued an executive order. That's when the president bypasses Congress and bypasses his mom and dad and all the sisters and brothers and all the kitty cats in the room and says, here's what we're going to do. The Emancipation Proclamation was issued by Abraham Lincoln against everybody's advice. Have you ever done anything against everybody's advice that wasn't illegal? Uh, it was against everybody's advice. And he picked just the right moment, though, because the, 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 this thing called the Civil War was going on. It was north against south, and he picked the right moment to do it right after a battle called Antietam. That's not important for you to remember, except for the fact that it really wasn't a victory, but he claimed it as a victory. And he took that moment to issue the Emancipation Proclamation, which basically you and I know, and the reason we remember old Uncle Abe is because it freed the slaves. Lincoln freed the slaves. That's why we remember him. We don't even remember him because he brought us through the Civil War and kept the Union restored and whole. No, no, no. That's, that's for people to study more deeply later. The average person knows Lincoln freed the slaves. Here, here's the problem. No one else did. We as a nation 
have never followed suit with Abraham Lincoln of Illinois and actually freed the slaves. After his death, after his time of departure through assassination, everything became a dodge. Everything became an attempt to ignore that executive order or to bypass it. Or here's a way we can, here's a way we can, you know, got, not get caught, but we can still maintain our Southern culture. We can still maintain our bigotry in the North. We can still maintain our prejudices that we are superior. Because I, I, honest to God, if you can't be superior to someone, how do you ever take a breath and think of yourself as important? So immediately, in the South came this thing called sharecropping. I'm not going to bore you. Sharecropping was very easy. The black people who had been freed recently, guess what? Since they were slaves, they hadn't built up much of an IRA account. So they didn't have any money, but they wanted to farm land. So they had to go to town and borrow the money to buy seed and plows and mules. And they didn't know anything about interest rates, so... They, they borrowed this money at exorbitant interest rates, planted their crop, and here was the agreement. Here was the agreement. The agreement was that they could keep 50% of what they made on their crop. <laughs> no slave knew that the average return of profit on any acreage of land was only 20%. So they were fighting a losing battle, and every time they planted a crop and they harvested it, they were a little bit more short, a little more short the next year, until finally they had to stay on the land because for them to leave would have been illegal. They'd have been walking out on their debts. Therefore, they were still slaves. Then came the ghettos. They went up north, you know. It's going to be better up there because that's where, that's where Brother Abraham Lincoln used to live. You know, the northerners didn't want him to live anywhere near them, so they created segments of towns. We, did, we, we had been successful doing it with the American Indian. Here, take this worthless piece of Oklahoma that's brutally criticized by weather every year, and you can have it for a reservation. But now, for the black man, it was the ghetto. Here, you can have this section of town. Do what you can. Here's the problem. No white businesses wanted to go in there. The white businesses that had the money to buy things in mass and therefore lower the price and pass on that savings to their customers. So the black businessmen didn't have that clout, so they had to sell them their stuff at higher prices. So in the ghetto, 90%, 90% of the income of the average family went to rent and food, leaving them 10% to live. Guess what? It didn't work. After the ghettos came this brilliant notion of, well, I'll tell you what, we, we don't want to be mean-spirited. We want to keep the spirit of the Emancipation Proclamation. So we're going we're gonna to talk about separate but equal. That What that means is, you know, you stay over there and you honor your black culture and we'll be over over here honoring our white culture. And as long as it's, it's equal, your children get in the same 
textbooks as our children, then it's going to be just fine. Listen, folks, if you're on a desert island and there's two people and there's only a certain amount of provision provided for both of you, you're never going to be able to trust each other. And you couldn't trust a white person in the South to honor that he was going to give equality to a black man when he was not going to get caught because the courts were white. So it created segregation, what they called Jim Crow. What an ugly term. Get that little crow word in there referring to a black bird. A black bird. After Here's how Jimmy... Jimmy from the South is going to handle the crows. <laughs> Here's how Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Boy, Jimmy Boy, Jimmy Bob's going to handle the crows. You can drink out of that water fountain. It hasn't worked for a while, but, it, you know, maybe if you tinker with it and you just shake it just right, but you can't ever drink out of the white water fountain. It, it, it's no disrespect to you. It's just, it's just separate. Sorry it's not equal. <laughs> We apologize in our, our slippery religious way. Then when Jim Crow was struck down, when Jim Crow was attacked, attacked by, by society and exposed for the evil it was, then came voting rights. Well, yeah, welcome to, the, welcome to our community now. Now, I notice you have a black skin. So we have a, a procedure we do for people when they're learning how to vote. Sometimes you have to pay what we call a poll tax. That means to vote you have to pay money or you have to pass this little quiz, this little test. Only one in 10,000 black people can do it. Ah! We had to pass more laws, more laws, more laws, more laws. What was originally simply said through the Emancipation Proclamation and the 13th Amendment, which is... There's no longer any slavery in this country, and black people are free, became a whole series, whole series of events. Each generation coming up with a new angle to keep these people slaves to some degree. The latest one is, maybe we'll let you vote, but we want to let you know we understand you have a you have a culture. We, we, what we do is we, uh, we call you African-Americans. Isn't that nice? See, see, see what we're doing? You understand what we're coming up with? And it's not just Southerners, it's Northerners. You see what we're coming up with? You see what we're coming up with? It's where the North and South agree. If we can get the, the, these black people to become interested in Africa. Let's make a movie called Black Panther where we create this imaginary country in Africa that is supposedly full of all sorts of possibilities and equality. Have them dress up in the garb. If we can get them to do that, we can segregate them off again. Get them interested in their own blackness so they don't Start acting like us. Here's a clue. Let me, it's just you and me talking here. There are no African Americans. 
the people who have darker skin in this country wouldn't last three minutes in Africa. They would have no chance. You know why? It's because they're Americans. Many of them have been Americans on this soil, born on this soil, longer than my family. They have deeper roots than you and I. They're not African Americans. And you're not going to do any good by lifting up culture. What we have to come to is the fact that history and me, history and you, is meeting at this junction to create mystery. And our mystery, our mystery, is that from this point on, we need to understand that there's a little bit of the disease. <coughs> no, I don't have a cold. <coughs> Just a little cough. Just a little bit of the... <coughs> oh, no, it's sinuses. It's, it's not a cold. Just a little bit of the sickness of bigotry in all of us. Oh, don't say that, John. I don't have any problem with black people at all. They're fine. Everything's... Everything's good. I've never, I've never really had any prejudice. You've been saturated with it. It's in the media. It's in the commercials. It's in the movies. It's, it's all around us. It just, our country is seething with this hidden prejudice. And you and I are infected. And our, beta, our greatest gift to mankind is to admit that infection and start bolstering our immune system to repel it, to kick it out of our bodies and our minds and our hearts and our souls. And until we do that, until we allow just a drop, uh, just a little bit, just a little tiny, tiny, tiny shot of it in our lives, we will try to find ways to keep from emancipating and allowing the proclamation to free the slaves. I don't know whether we can move on to the Hispanics, to gender bias, to the Asians, until we deal with the atrocity of slavery and free the slaves once and for all. Then we can turn and free the Native Americans that we have kept in the bondage of the reservation, giving them casinos as a second prize. It's time to free the slaves. It's time for us to understand that nothing, sharecropping, ghettos, separate but equal, segregation, Jim Crow, voters' rights, American, the, the American culture of African-American, and all these movies that are being made to try to extol the black community are just robbing them of the right that they deserve to be goddamn American. The good news is, <laughs> the good news is, 
Lincoln freed the slaves. The better news is me too. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com. <laughs>